it is nice to have a couple, you know, power users that you can lean on. In our case, uh, Brandy, give her a shout out. We, uh, we ask her a lot of stuff. <laughs> Brandy. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you're listening. I know Brandy from the, uh, the Slack channel. Yes, yes, that's great. Oh, yeah, you're yes. in there too. This is Aaron May. I'm John Henry Forster, and this is Awkward. Silence. Silences. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Awkward Silences. We are here today with Chad Aldis. He is the head of design and co-founder at Abodo. Abodo is an apartment rental marketplace. If you aren't familiar, they are focused on renters specifically and the rental market specifically. And Chad is focused on everything design, everything users, and specifically talking to your own users as much as possible. So that's what we're going to talk to Chad about today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. We got JH here too. Yeah, this should be fun. Um, this is about talking to your own users and Chad is one of our users and we're talking to him. So there's a real circular <laughs> situation going on here. It should be good. So, so Chad, let's jump into it. You are a huge proponent of talking to your own users. Why? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, so the main like value that we get out of talking to our own users is making sure that our products align with the people that use them. I mean, that's full stop. That's, that's the number one reason why, why we talk to them. Love it. Succinct to the point. (laughs) And what happens if you don't do that? Or was there a time where you were doing that less or where it wasn't so clear and obvious why you needed to be doing that? Yeah. So for, for our industry, it's unique because, um, we are our customer, essentially we are renters ourselves and we started off, uh, having a problem with, with finding rentals. And so we can rely on our intuition for, for so long, but ultimately, you know, you need to branch out into the, the broader, uh, you know, variety of people that are using products like yours. So, um, we had to start talking to people and, um, yeah, that's where the original like pain point came from. Cool. Cool. And when you say your users, are you like literally people who have been on the website and app and like experienced it firsthand or, uh, is it a little bit more loose in the sense of anybody who's looking for an apartment you would consider a user? Like how do you actually define your users in this case? So we define our users as people that have gone to the platform and, and sent a lead. So, um, they've emailed a property manager inquiring about, uh, that place that they are listing and, um, that is what we consider a user. But we also um, have used your guys' platform for um, targeting people who are renters um, across the nation and people who aren't actually like familiar with our product. Sometimes we get lucky and um, they are, but that's not necessarily what we were going for. We just wanted mm-hmm. to get like a wider, uh, you know, wider data set of people mm-hmm. that provided us. Yeah, yeah, so, totally. Yeah. And do you find that the people who have, you know, sent a lead through the platform before, like you're able to go deeper with them or like, um, is there a certain richness of insights you get from, from the people who have that like extra context that, you know, the prospective renters, uh, maybe don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense too. Cause we actually, we, um, we take the timeline into uh, effect as well. So we, you know, we contact people that have recently sent leads. So renting is fresh on their mind. You know, we know now like 
the renter timeline is typically like four to six weeks is when people are searching for a place. Like mm-hmm. that's when they conduct their search. And so like that helps us with, um, you know, the freshness of the conversation. We can really have pointed things for specific things we're working on or specific things that they went through a test uh, on the platform. And uh, it's just really, really useful to have that frequency um, tied into the conversation. Cool. Do you do you almost try to avoid uh, getting them like when it's too fresh, like when they're still in the process? Is that stressful or is it are they down to chat with you when they're still maybe housing insecure, so to speak? Um, you get you get both ends of the spectrum. Um, you definitely get the, you know, the money conscious procrastinator uh, where there's not a lot of inventory that matches their search and maybe they waited too long in the given market that they're searching in. And so. There's not a lot of inventory for them to look through, but then you also get people who have massive budgets and are you know, not in any rush to move, but are just looking at you know trying to find the next big you know, high rise, et cetera. So it's, it's across the board. It feels, I guess a continuation of that, it feels like um, the profile is so broad that you probably must end up with like a ton of different interesting segments and cases, right? Of a couple that's maybe moving in together for the first time and they're trying to find an apartment versus somebody who's coming out of college and looking for their first place on their own or, you know, somebody who's downsizing and, and leaving a house and coming to a part. Like it feels like the breadth of scenarios of apartment hunters is so, so wide. Like how do you guys navigate that and, and make, make sense of all the different use cases? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. You, you hear some horror stories when you're talking to people. <laughs> I kind of feel like, or sometimes we're in therapy in our uh, renter interview sessions. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the whole 80-20 rule. You want to make a product that is really, really good for your primary user. Um, I think that that's, you know, that's, that tried and true cliche has been tried and true for a reason. Uh, so, and that's the whole po- point of us talking to our customers is we want to know what that breadth is so we can focus in on that 80 mm-hmm. and, and make sure it's still functional, you know, hopefully usable. Um to, to the 20% that isn't necessarily the primary, uh, the person that we're, you know, we're targeting for this platform and this product. But, um, yeah, the, the whole idea is to, to really make it useful for, for a wider set because it is, it's a very subjective process looking for an apartment. And, uh, there's a lot of people that are in different scenarios. And what sort of process have you put together to talk to people across these different, you know, across all the breadth of your target users on a regular basis? Uh, so are you, like, how do we go about talking yeah. to? Yeah. How do you do it? Them? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So luckily, uh, even though we're a small team, um, I do have help in the you know, data science department here. Tell me, um, tell me about small. Who's on the team? Who are we talking about? Small. Okay. So I am the only designer okay. right now. Um, and so have to be a generalist and do everything. Uh, but luckily, we're a product-focused team, like a design-focused team. Uh, we have five developers, um, one uh, VP of product, one like CEO is very product-focused, um, and and that's pretty much it. And the data scientist, you know, she helps out where we can with. Uh, we are a data-driven team, so she helps us with questions that we have in particular. I ask her like, Hey, can I get the uh, latest 1000 leads? Like, you know, non-duplicated leads from our top 15 markets, uh, or can I get them from Pittsburgh? 
and she can spit that out for me from from our uh, you know from Domo and from a data biz tool and um, yeah we we plug that into user interviews and it makes it really easy for us to uh, to contact these people and they feel like it's a trusted resource and it's actually so much different from when we were really Spartan and we used Craigslist <laughs> and uh, you know since we are in a university's town like we would go to uh, we would go to the universities and, you know, sit down in the unions and the coffee shops and, you know, try to get people to talk to us for a Starbucks gift card. And now it's a little bit more sophisticated and, and certainly a lot more doable, but yeah. So you're, you're the head of design, sole designer, head user researcher, sole user researcher, serving a team of, you know, five developers. So, uh, how do you fit this research, uh, into your, into your life? Do you have a certain number of interviews you're trying to do, um, you know, per week or per month, or is it as you're building new products, making sure to work that in or what kind of cadence have you found yourself in to talk to your own users? Yeah. So in, in the most recent case, it's probably the most useful since it's fresh. Um, we, we had this question on, uh, you know, user engagement and, you know, uh, the strategy was, you know, can we get, can we get renters to stay on the platform longer, et cetera. And so, uh, after having like our stakeholder interview and, and figuring out what the, the, the goal of the business was, we sat down and we just did do some user interviews and we talked to people about, you know, what is it about, um, you know, when you're looking at apartment websites, like what is it about it that makes it stand up to you or what makes it feel like it's for you and asking those questions really helped us, you know, narrow down, you know, just in different directions that we wanted to, to test off, uh, with our own users, like from writing AB tests. Uh, so that was like a really good way to like dip our toe into the renter interview hmm. process. Um, so that was really helpful, but what's also useful for us is the ongoing like questions hmm. that we have. Like, for example, we just had a meeting like an hour ago and, we couldn't come to a conclusion and it was a point <laughs> of diminishing returns. And, and we, were, we were finally like, okay, well we have some data. Like let's pair that up with the conversations that we can have, you know, uh, you know, in the coming weeks with these renters and, and to see how those mm -hmm. align uh, or where they diverge. And those really help steer our conversations. So they're not just based on, you know, unfounded right. opinions. Cool. Yeah, I feel like uh, we're a pretty debatey bunch at user interviews, and despite what we <laughs> no, do, we're not. no, we're not. <laughs> see, uh, and um, despite what we do, right in the space we work in, there's so many times where we'll be like making the you know academic argument for like why we should do something or some other strategy, and every once in a while it does. Someone has to pull their head and be like, you know, there's a way we could answer this. Like we could, hmm. we could actually go out and talk to people and get, like get some real conviction here. And uh, so it's cool that you guys have uh, right. been able to do that, and it's happening, you know, pretty regularly. For sure. You said you had some some data. You were talking about quantitative data analytics or or something like that that you could combine with qual. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how much you can talk about or are willing to, but what kind of stuff are you uh, looking to look into? From uh, from yeah, if you said you in the coming weeks you wanted to do some interviews coming up to kind of see if you can confirm what you're seeing in the quantitative data to try to move, move in the right direction. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the, on the quantitative side, like we're, like I said, we, we're a data driven team. We make a lot of data, data driven decisions. 
Uh, and so, you know, using things like GA and, mm -hmm. and Domo and things like that are really helpful for, you know, getting that stat. But um, while we have that, uh, it's really important for us to, like in particular right now, we're, we're focusing on uh, personalizing, you know, your search process. Um, it's, it, it's one thing to filter down by bedrooms, price, et cetera, but um, we want to know, or we also know that that's not the only decision make or decision right. that goes into the process when you're making trade-offs, right? Like, so uh, do you care about price? Do you care about location? Do you care about, you know, amenities, uh, things like that? Do you care about public transportation? Um, having that quantitative data set and then using that when we interview our, our renters or even the sample that you guys give us across the United States really helps us, you know, take that, that user story, that persona and tie it into these, you know, these users. Got it. Yeah. That's really interesting when you think about sites with filters, so many of just narrowing all the things down to fewer things It sort of assumes people are completely rational minds who know exactly what they want and can, you know, kind of zero in with these, this perfect selection of filters. And you're talking about, if I understand you right, sort of taking the intelligence behind that and, and bringing it to the forefront through some personalization technology. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, abs absolutely. Yeah. It's such a subjective process. Right, right. Yeah, it does seem it, that's, I'm, I'm just not going to like, I guess, think about your problem space, but it's, it seems so fascinating in the sense of at least thinking of my own experience running, right? It's, um, the trade-offs are so fuzzy, right? Like my budget's $1,600, but if it had a deck or it was like gorgeous, maybe I'd go to 1700 or something. You know what I mean? It's like, so if I put the filter in there and then I miss it, it's like, sure. that's a bummer, but I need to narrow it down somehow. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a really interesting problem. Yeah. And that insight came up too with, uh, the price in particular, it's like after talking, you know, the whole rule of five, mm -hmm. kind of when you're interviewing people, you can get like a pattern after five. It's like, we had that pattern come up so many times with the price. It's like, everyone's like, yeah, I'd probably spend a hundred to $200 more. So like we put that like user, uh, UX, like copywriting into the product itself. It's like, oh, it's cool. like you know, $200. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does this have laundry in unit or not? Cause I'll, I'll flex. <laughs> Do you have a, a typical cadence or does it vary quite a bit from month to month and week to week in terms of how many folks you're, you're talking to? Yeah. So when we're, we're shaping the product or shaping the problem, I should say, um, we, we do a lot of talking to the renters and we were doing it at a cadence of three to five times a week. Um, so, you know, half hour interviews, three, three to five times a week was, was enough to give us enough color on the situation. But now that we've shaped it, uh, it typically doesn't really come back up until, you know, like today we have questions on, um, you know, we are stuck. So let's just go talk to customers and see if we can stop overthinking this. And, uh, you know, that's like a, a one-off basis, but when we're shaping the problem, that's when we are, you know, there was a two month period there where every, every week, three to five customers awesome. a week. All right. A quick awkward interruption here. It's fun to talk about user research, but you know what's really fun is doing user research, and we want to help you with that. We want to help you so much that we have created a special place. It's called userinterviews.com slash awkward for you to get your first three participants free. We all know we should be talking to users more, so we went ahead and removed as many barriers as possible. It's going to be easy. It's going to be quick. You're going to love it. So get over there and check it out. And then when you're done with that, 
go on over to your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review, please. You did mention that it was a lot harder to get these um, interviews done with your own users before. And so now you're doing them. It sounds like, you know, it kind of depends on where you are with developing products, but sometimes three to five times a week. Have you done any testing with your process or subject lines or anything with your kind of logistical flow to make that process easier to maintain? Uh, nothing juicy on that front. Actually, we've been pretty successful with, um, you know, our subjects, subject line, the, the amount of incentive. Do, do you have any recommendations for that? Cause we get questions about that all the time in terms of subject lines and incentives and things to, to offer, to get the best response rate. Yeah, I guess for us in particular, we, <clears throat> pardon me, we, we just add, since they recently used the Bodo, we, you know, we talk about that in the headline and we say like, <clears throat> based off a recent search, um, we love your feedback kind of thing. Uh, and that seems to work pretty well. So it, connecting that, um, that recent activity to their, or sorry, connecting their recent activity to the actual uh, email subject is. Yeah. I think you mentioned this before a little bit too, but I do have to imagine that uh, renters are pretty happy to have someone's ear when they're going through the process of trying to find an apartment. I'd imagine they have a lot to vent and get off their chest in some of these sessions. Absolutely. I mean, I've had, I've had uh, the old switcheroo on me when I thought this renter I was talking to was this, you know, 21 year old uh, junior from a certain university. And I get <laughs> and it's the dad of this junior. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know whether he was shy or, or what the case may be, but you know, he was you know, concerned for his son. And so um, there's a millennial joke like in there somewhere. The um. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say one word. There was a lot, there's a lot of like, you know, <laughs> what do you think of this? And he didn't say anything. So yeah, you, you mentioned uh, when you're doing some of these interviews, uh, we, you know, we do them. Are you doing these as small groups or how are you looping other folks on the team into some of this activity? Yeah. Uh, so started off with um, um, just me and, and one other uh, developer, someone to help me take notes. And uh, basically my whole point of doing that was to bring people in to show right. the value of, of talking to people. It's, it's one thing for me to have all the knowledge, but uh, it's really important to have that knowledge exchange in order to everyone get on board and for everyone to to see the value in talking to customers. So when you bring it up in a meeting like today, it's not like, right. oh, you're just trying to kick the can and you know it does, this doesn't mean anything. This is just another designer trying to tell us to talk to renters or talk to our users. But um, it, was, it was really important, especially bringing in other shareholders. So like I brought my my co-founder and CEO, um, in on the process and instantly he just, you know, he started like creating, he's an analytical person. So he started creating like air tables and, uh, you know, cohorting these users into all sorts of demographics and psychographics and, uh, he ran away with it. And so it's just really important to bring other people into the process to, to, uh, to see the light on that. One thing, uh, I've, I know we've heard that the benefit of talking to your own users is, is you can kind of go back to them multiple times and like, you know, they have some continuity and you could show them an early version and maybe come back and show them a later version of something. Is that been something you guys have deployed at all? Or are you kind of going to the well pretty fresh every time? Uh, we're going to the well pretty fresh every time. However, uh, we have had people indicate, uh, that they'd be more than happy to be on an ongoing basis with us. So, 
Uh, I haven't used the, the feature at all in, in user interviews yet, but I do know it's available. Um, and it, it's, it's something that we are looking forward to do because uh, whether the conversation was fruitful um, or they just really give us candid feedback, uh, we want to talk to those people on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's tough to get the balance. Cause like it's, it is tough to get the, fr- it's sorry, it's valuable to get the fresh perspectives, but it is nice to have a couple, you know, power users that you can lean on in our case, uh, Brandy, give her a shout out. We, uh, <laughs> we ask her a lot of stuff. Brandy. Oh yes. Yeah. If you're listening, I know Brandy from the, uh, the Slack channel. Yes. Yes. That's great. Oh yeah. You're <laughs> yes. there too. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, it's, I was just curious cause I think it's, it's, it comes into the it comes into play when you're talking about your own users, right? Because there is a relationship and there is some ongoingness to it, and so um, you can operate a little differently than you know when you're just trying to find new people every single time. So, exactly, yeah. When you are pulling the list, um, you know, from your database and grabbing people, are you pulling like additional contextual data that's helpful, like what market they're in and the data contact or you know whatever it may be, um, or are you screening them to solicit some of that information, like? Is it important for you to have some of those like other contextual data points or just, you know, I know this person did this action recently and, and that's good enough and I'm just going to go see if they'll talk to me. Yeah, so we definitely use the date uh, in which they sent the lead. Um, and then we also, <clears throat> in our database, can provide the market that which they're tied to. And that's really helpful for, um, you know, we want to know how X users and X city are performing with this new test. So, um we can do some qualitative stuff with that by reaching out to them. Um, and then uh, it's it just really useful mm. for that. But for screening people, we can't, in that database, we don't have age. We don't have we don't have student. So pairing those two things together is really useful. And, you know, you, you can get the certain market information, the, the date information, and how many leads they've sent. Uh, and then we pair that with user interviews screening of like <clears throat> uh, – are you a student? Are you a working professional? Are you a couple? Are you, are you in a relationship? Um, do you have a family uh, and like potential salary range? And those things are really, really nice to pair together to get a, a, a clear picture of who you're talking mm-hmm. to. Gotcha. Gotcha. And is that kind of just to make sure you have some balance in a mix or are, are some cases like some of those things are actually like disqualifying, like somebody in this income bracket is actually not a good fit for what we're looking into right now? Yeah, uh, although we do love our feedback from our retiree community. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't um, trying to make any shots in that example, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, we have an ongoing like um, MPS score essentially, and we get a lot of uh, feedback from our retiree users. Um, and uh, so sometimes it's useful for us to, to talk to them in particular markets, but our primary inventory focuses on uh, young professionals, uh, working professionals in, in tier two cities. And so we want to make sure that the feedback we're getting, if it is applicable, um, is from those particular users. Is that, is that a term I'm allowed to use tier two? I say that all the time, just like off the cuff. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just blind to it now. No, good. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. You're talking <laughs> sure, about not, sure. not New York, Chicago, LA, like your Nashville's and yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Minneapolis, Milwaukee, uh, Madison. I love Madison. It's a beautiful town. <laughs> Yeah, we love it here too. We got you know, <laughs> about a couple minutes of summertime, and and, and uh, the rest is we're hibernating. But no, it's lovely here. But um, yeah, that's cool. that's what I mean by tier. I two think cities. I grew up in a tier tier four city. Not sure. Where. <laughs> oh, I, mine's not even on a tier. The, t- the city I grew up in doesn't even make a tier. So, 
is the <laughs> we're off the rails a little now. Is the tier two city focus um is that like partially a function of um renters have a little bit more like leverage and rights in some of those markets than maybe like, you know, a place like San Francisco or something where the rental market is just crazy and the landlords can do whatever they want? Or is it just how or for a different reason, I'm just like genuinely curious. Yeah, not to get too much into our our first first like demo pitch that we had, but <laughs> um, we we sampled the great Sam Walton in his uh, you know rural business expansion, and and you know, we took on Kmart. He noticed that you know he called it big business, ignoring big big business, and what he meant by that was Kmart was only in these big cities, mm. and so of course people who lived in big cities had the opportunity to go to Kmart mm. and he wanted to provide that for other people in other cities uh, that necessarily weren't in these mm. metropolitan areas, major metropolitan areas. So that's, that was the the analog for us when we started out. Um, and like I said before, our beachhead was universities and college students. And, and so far we've expanded that to the markets that those universities exist in. And otherwise we are um, pretty prevalent in Chicago as well, but um, that was the main, uh, that was the genesis hmm. of, you know, the tier two cities was just overlooked markets that clearly have renters and why isn't the technology or the software or the, um, you know, the tools there for them. Nice. That's really clever. I like that strategy. Hmm. Yeah. I'd never heard that. That's interesting. <laughs> Walmart. I'm sure. There are books, <laughs> many books on Walmart. Awesome. Well, we, we always like to ask, uh, you know, what do you love most about user research? Uh, I love the outcomes that come from it. Um, my favorite things so far are when people start talking about, maybe it's not mm. personas exactly or uh, a persona in particular, but when somebody from my team uh, mm. starts talking like, our renters mm. or like they bring up like, Oh, Hey, remember that one renter who really, really put a lot of emphasis on square footage because she has two kids and she really needed to be close to uh, public transportation. Like that, mm. like those kind of aha moments when they come up in conversation is, I think it, it has to be the, the, my favorite thing about it. Thanks for listening to awkward silences brought to you by user interviews. Theme music by Fragile Gang. Editing and sound production by Carrie Boyd. <laughs>